with the first pick. And here's Jeremy Platt with Between the Tackles. Hey everybody, I'm Jeremy Platt and you're listening to Between the Tackles. Today on Between the Tackles, we're talking about cutdown day. I'll predict the playoff picture. I'm telling you who I have winning each of the NFL awards and much, much more. Let's start off with UCLA's quarterback, Josh Rosen, who led the Bruins to a 45-44 win over the Texas A&M Aggies last night. He pulled off his best Tom Brady impression as the, Bra- as the Bruins were losing by 34 with just over two minutes left in the third quarter. In the fourth quarter, Rosen threw four touchdowns after being beaten up in the first 40 minutes of the game because of his offensive line who was failing to protect him. This the UCLA offensive line was atrocious, but Rosen worked off a miracle. If it was a fake spike, a dropped interception, or a defensive stand, UCLA held their own and dominated it that second half. Speaking of quarterbacks, the Patriots traded their third string, Jacoby Brissett, to the Colts in return for first round bust and speedster wide receiver Philip Dorsett from the University of Miami. I think each team benefits a little bit from this trade if it's the Patriots getting that fast wide receiver because you know Bill Belichick will know how to use him or the Colts getting Jacoby Brissett with Andrew Luck out for the first couple of weeks. This week there have been cuts all over the place. Three guys that I think are talented enough to be picked up and make a roster are Jeremy Curley, Chris Johnson, and Alex Boone. What I like to say is when one door closes another opens. If that's Joe Hayden signing with the Steelers after being cut by the Browns and TJ Ward signing a one-year deal with the Bucks after being cut by the Browns. These guys have the potential to be game changers, and we've seen it before. They create a tone in in the defense. If it's getting picks or being a hard hitter, these guys have it, and I think these will this will create a huge impact in their with their new team. Just a couple of years back, T.J. Ward and Joe Hayden were teammates in Cleveland, and since we're talking about Cleveland, they might have just made the biggest roster move out of any team this offseason by trading for Brock Osweiler, and then just six months after trading for him, they cut him, and then guess what team he signed with the same team he started his career with the Denver Broncos you cannot make this up when I watch Brock Osweiler play I get the same feeling I get from him that I got from Jay Cutler Mike Glennon and even Tony Romo the belief that he's gonna find a way to mess up I hate to say it but it's true the Broncos are in one of the toughest divisions in football right now and it's hard to say that they'll do well in it these past couple of podcasts I've broken down each division and I still had the AFC South NFC West and of course the AFC West remaining you can see my opinion on those three divisions on my website www.betweenthetacklesfootball.com it'll be under the let's talk football section you guys should check it out it's a great article let's get into my predictions for the playoffs and starting with the AFC in the with the first seed I see the New England Patriots going around 15 and 1 then the Raiders going 12 and 4 after the Raiders I see the Titans going 11 and 5 and the Steelers going 9 and 7 in the wild card spots I see the Texans going 9 and 7 and the Chargers 8 and 8 in the NFC we have a much different vibe with team better teams competing against one another. Within the first seed, I have a surprise team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers shocking the world and going 12 and 4, maybe being this year's Atlanta Falcons. The second seed, I have the New York Giants going 11 and 5, the Packers going 11 and 5 with third seed, and then in the fourth seed, I see the Cardinals going 10 and 6. The wild card in the NFC, I have the Falcons going 11 and 5 and the Cowboys going 10 and 6. In my opinion, the NFC is much more talented than the AFC, and we could see several teams right up there in that playoff race if it's the Seattle Seahawks but I th- or the, the New Orleans Saints. Each team can get there. The reason I have the Seahawks m- just missing the playoffs is because I think the lack of the run game 
in the Northwest gives the Cowboys an edge over them. Let's skip to the AFC Championship. I have the New England Patriots versus the Oakland Raiders. Everybody expects the Patriots to make the Super Bowl this year, but I'm going out on a bold prediction saying the Raiders beat them in the AFC Championship. I think this will be a Game of the Year candidate as the Raiders upset the Patriots. I think Derek Carr in the spotlight will play lights out. And if everything goes as planned, I think Carr will go to the Super Bowl coming off a stellar like four touchdown performance in the biggest upset of the season. Let's go to the NFC. In the NFC Championship, I have the Giants versus Falcons. In another high scoring game, I think Devontae Freeman will have an historical performance. And I have a feeling that the Giants defense will step up against the pass game, but Eli Manning throws a last second interception to lose the game. Later on in the show, I'll reveal the final score of the Super Bowl with the Atlanta Falcons and the Oakland Raiders. I think it's time for some bold predictions in the show right now. I'll give you guys six of them. Let's start with some statistic leaders. I say Jay Ajayi leads the league in rushing yards and carries. In preseason, Ajayi has looked dominant and now with Jay Cutler at quarterback, I expect Miami to run the ball a whole lot more. Last season, Ajayi had three games over 200, and to add on to Apple prediction, I think he has two more. Ajayi will be a force to reckon with, and he'll be very, very tough to stop coming out of that backfield. My next bold prediction is that the t- of the top 15 touchdown receiving leaders last season, only two of those players are going to be in the top five this year. And I think those two players will be both Mike Evans and Michael Thomas. Just saying that makes me realize how good the NFC South receivers are. The fact that we say Mike Evans and Michael Thomas are both in that same division, and they- I don't even think they're the best receiver in that division. I think Julio Jones is. That's crazy. But the other three in my opinion will be Terrell Pryor, Julio, and AJ Green. Some people will be surprised when I say Julio because he isn't the biggest touchdown scorer, but he gets a ton of yards. I think this year he'll be both. He's the type of a guy who can take a 10-yard post to the house 80 yards. He is a major run after catch guy, but he is deadly. Okay, my third bold prediction is I don't think Leonard Fournette finishes as the season as a top five rookie running back. Going into the draft process, he was my fourth rated running back and he landed in a terrible spot for himself. I have a feeling that defenses will just stack the box against the Jags and make Blake Bortles throw to win. Ahead of Fournette, I see Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, Kareem Hunt, and maybe a sleeper like Chris Carson or Jamal Williams. I have a feeling that Leonard Fournette won't be as good as everyone thinks, but that's me. I could be totally wrong. Let's go to my fourth bold prediction. I think Joey Boza leads the league in sacks and forced fumbles this year. My gut tells me Joey Boza will be up for defensive player of the year this year, and I wouldn't be surprised if he got it. In preseason, he's looked fast, strong, and just tough to stop. The duo of him and Melvin Ingram will be deadly, and I wouldn't be surprised if Joey Boza got it this year. Moving on. One of my other bold predictions is all four teams in the NFC East finish with an 8-8 eight and eight record or better. Every team has some serious talent and I don't see one clear-cut winner. Surprisingly enough, the Eagles and the Redskins hold their own against every team in this division and I think they'll be right up there in the top. I trust Kirk Cousins as quarterback and I think Carson Wentz is getting better and better as he'll get older. My final prediction for you guys is that together, J.J. Watt and Jadeveon Clowney will have 30 sacks combined. Each of these players have shown that they can be incredible, but not together. I think this year it's going to be the toughest defensive line to stop without a question, and I think this Houston Texans defense will take them to the playoffs. Now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the NFL awards. I'll give you my predictions and why I think this will happen. Let's start with the coach of the year. I'm going to give it to Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach Dirk Cutter. I think he lives up to expectations 
takes Tampa to the playoffs and makes Jameis Winston an MVP candidate. I can see their defense balling out and their new pickup TJ Ward becoming a pro bowler. I think Mike Evans will end up the top fantasy wide receiver in the NFL. And I finally think the Buccaneers managing will get some recognition with Jason Light becoming a top tier general manager. Let's move on to comeback player of the year. I think that's going to be J.J. Watt. He was out all of last season with a back injury. And this offseason, football is what he does on his free time. I think he's a hero in Texas. He's, as of now, raised over $18 million for Hurricane Harvey relief. This man is a beast. I talked about him earlier with the duo of him and Clowney, but I wouldn't be surprised if he had more sacks than Clowney. The Texans' defensive line is deadly, and I wouldn't be surprised if he was in the talk for Defensive Player of the Year. Let's go to my Fantasy Player of the Year. I have Dolphins running back Jay Ajayi. I've said this many times in the show, but I think Ajayi will lead the league in rushing yards this year. And I think if he plays all 16 games, he will have a minimum of 8 touchdowns. That's insane. He's a great fantasy pick and a beast out of the backfield. I think he is what makes the Dolphins offense click this year. And because of him, I think his teammates will feed and benefit off of him especially Devontae Parker, who I wouldn't be surprised if he had more receiving yards than Jarvis Landry this year. Now, I know Breakout Player of the Year isn't an actual award, but I'm going to give you my Breakout Player of the Year. It's got to be Quan Alexander, the linebacker for the Buccaneers. Everyone knows him for his iconic game against the Falcons, but this man is the real deal. I think this year he's going to be first-team All-Pro, and he's easily one of the most well-rounded players in the NFL. If it's forcing fumbles, getting interceptions, and taking them to the house, this man is a beast, and I think he's going to be a breakout candidate. Let's move on to my offensive rookie of the year, and you guys can even say this is a bold prediction. I think it's going to be Browns quarterback Deshaun Kaiser. I think he'll lead the Browns to around six wins this season, which is like the best since Kyle Shanahan, and if he stays healthy, I think he has the potential to throw for around 4,000 yards and 25 touchdowns. After this season, I think people will be saying he's the future of Cleveland, and this is the first time the Browns have had this much potential in a long, long time. For his receivers, I think Corey Coleman emerges as his number one, and David Njoku does well at the tight end position. Let's go to Defensive Rookie of the Year. I think that's going to be 49ers linebacker Ruben Foster. I have a feeling he'll lead the rookies in tackles and forced fumbles. He's one of the hardest hitting linebackers, and it's just a hit stick. I think he'll be a tone setter in that San Francisco defense and an instant leader. If it wasn't for his off-field issues, he would have been the top a top three pick in the draft. He's the highest linebacker on the field I've ever scouted, and he's going to be a beast in San Francisco. Let's go to Offensive Player of the Year, and I have that going at Cardinals running back David Johnson. I think if he can fully recover from that knee injury, he'll have a thousand yards rushing and receiving. He's a do-it-all running back, and I think he's the most talented in the NFL. He's hard to stop if it's running or receiving, and I think he's worth drafting number one overall in your fantasy draft, even though I think Ajayi will lead the league in rushing yards. Let's go to Defensive Player of the Year, and the guy I talked about earlier, Chargers defensive end Joey Boza. I think he'll have 20 sacks this season, which was definitely going to lead the league. In the preseason, he looked phenomenal, and I think him and Von Miller are going to be in a two-man race going back and forth for that Defensive Player of the Year spot. I think Boza will have at least six strip sacks this season, which I assume is an NFL record. Boza is the type of player to step up in the big game and have those game-winning strip sacks just like Khalil Mack. And I think he's going to have a couple of those this season, which makes him the Defensive Player of the Year. 
Let's go to MVP. Everyone has been waiting for this award. Dun dun dun. I have it going to Raiders quarterback Derek Carr. I think he's going to throw for around 4,500 yards this season and make Jared Cook a Pro Bowl tight end. He's definitely on pace to have a breakout season. I think that ACDC Amari Cooper Derek Carr connection is going to have around 11 touchdowns this season and Michael Crabtree will have a bunch too. I think he takes the Raiders to the Super Bowl and wins it. Yes, a quarterback who won MVP wins the Super Bowl. That will be a first time in a long time. I think he beats the Falcons 31-26. That's it for this episode. See you guys next time. Happy Football New Year. Jeremy out. Hey,